Hey, my name is Fernie, and I want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. This is a bonus episode on Palm Sunday, and we hope that this will be a, a blessing to you as uh, we have one last day of preparation as we prepare for Easter morning. So I'm glad you're here. Get ready, because here we go. So last weekend, Susie and I went up to Alton, Illinois for a baby shower with her side of the family. And if you have no clue where that is, don't worry. I didn't either until last weekend. So it's about 30 minutes north of St. Louis, right on the Mississippi River between Missouri and Illinois. And if you've never seen it, just Google Alton, Illinois, and you'll see how pretty it is, especially where it's located. It is a small town, though, which means that there isn't much to do there. Uh, On top of that, it was cold and rainy while we were there. So on Friday, the only full day that we were there, we spent it at Susie's grandma's house with the entire family, including our four-year-old nephew named Mason, who really wanted to play hide-and-go-seek for a long time and with whoever would play with him. Now, at first, it started off with him wanting to play with his grandma, my mother-in-law, Susie's mom. And and she was very clever. She would tell Mason that she was going to count to 100 and make him go hide. And she'd say, one, two, three. And then she would stop counting until she was ready to go looking for him. So obviously it took longer than 100 seconds every time. But he didn't know the difference. I don't even know if he can count to 100 yet. So once, uh, like I said, once she was ready, she would go upstairs. She would find him pretty quickly. And they did this over and over and over again for quite a while until finally my mother-in-law got tired. That's when Susie volunteered me to play with Mason. And uh, to make it even more difficult or even worse, uh, not that it was a bad thing, I had a, a blast playing with him, but Mason wanted me to hide, which meant I actually had to put an effort in this game now. Uh, so I said, okay, count to 10, I'm going to go hide, and then you can come find me. Well, as soon as I put my foot on the very first step to go upstairs and hide, he closed his eyes and started counting. One, two, three. By the time he got to four, I made it to the top of the stairs, which you have to keep in mind that this was my first time going upstairs. I had no clue what to expect. And and I started looking for a good place to hide. And he kept counting. Five, six, seven, eight. All the places I could see were very obvious. So I kept searching, desperately trying to find a good place to hide. Nine, ten. And then I hear him shout, ready or not, here I come. I still hadn't found a good hiding place, a good hiding spot, but when I heard him count to 10 and say that he was coming, I knew I had to find something right away, a place right away. So I turned and I noticed that in the corner of the room, there was a folding bed that had a bunch of blankets sitting on top of it. I quickly sat down as close as I could and I dropped all of the blankets on top of me. Mason, my nephew, he made it upstairs and uh, I know that he's only four, but I must have done a really good job hiding because he couldn't find me. Eventually I had to jump out and scare him and we both shared a good laugh and and then he decided that he wanted to to start hiding and uh, me look for him. You know, I share this story because ever since that day, I keep hearing his voice in my head screaming from downstairs, ready or not, here I come. And the more I do, the more I think about that, the more it has had me thinking of the many times I have had to say those words, ready or not, here I come. And I don't just mean while playing hide and go seek. I don't play, believe it or not, I don't play hide and go seek often. But I mean the many times that life has left me repeating those words to myself. 
I think about the time I drove away from the comforts of Oklahoma City, where I had just finished undergrad, and drove to Chicago to start seminary. Ready or not, I left. I think about the time that we signed the paperwork for our house. Ready or not, here we go. I think about the day we launched MidCity back in August of 2021 when we launched our large groups. Deep down, there have been many moments when I say to myself, ready or not, because here we come. And I don't know about you, but when I find myself saying these words, what I really mean is that I've done all the prep work that I can think of. I've I've thought about all the possible struggles that could come out of uh, whatever we're doing. And I've even thought about how to get myself out of a difficult situation if those things should happen. When I say these words, ready or not, here I come, there's nothing left for me to do except to just do it, right? Ready or not, let's just do this. Now, I think these words are at the heart of Palm Sunday, You see, as Jesus arrives in Jerusalem, I think Jesus is saying to those present and really to the whole world and to you and I, ready or not, here I come. Now, before I explain what I mean by that, I want you to listen to our Palm Sunday scripture, which comes from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. This is what it says. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus gave two disciples a task. He said to them, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter, you will find a donkey tied up and a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anybody says anything to you, say that the Lord needs it. He sent them off right away. Now, this happened to fulfill what the prophet said. Say to daughter Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the donkey's offspring. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them. Then he said to them, uh, Then he sat on them. Now a large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others cut palm branches off the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds in front of him and behind him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. Who is this? They asked. The crowds answered, it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Okay, so let me explain what's happening here. There's this, Jesus is entering Jerusalem and there's this large crowd of Israelites uh, who are there ready uh, to celebrate this festival called the Passover. Now, the Passover is this yearly celebration where Jews were expected to travel to the temple in Jerusalem and and, and uh, participate in this festival, remembering the time when God freed them from slavery in Egypt. Now, when I said that people would go, they were really expected to go. And, and, and I literally mean they were expected to go. Historians believe that Jerusalem, which was normally a town of about 400,000 residents, would turn into a town of about 200,000 residents during the Passover celebration. Everyone, literally everyone was there. Which means that when the scripture tells us that a large crowd was there who spread their cloaks and laid down palm branches on the road for Jesus to enter into Jerusalem, well, it's safe to say that the people who are rejoicing at his entrance into the city are the same people who stood in the crowd throughout all of Jesus's ministry. Do you remember the feeding of the 5,000 and then a little later on the feeding of the 4,000 where Jesus just used a couple loaves of bread and some fish to feed everybody? Yeah, that crowd, the people who were there were probably standing by the entrance to Jerusalem, celebrating and rejoicing at the fact that Jesus was coming. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? The crowd present when Jesus was preaching that sermon was probably also the same people standing outside the the entrance to Jerusalem, celebrating that Jesus was coming. Remember the demon-possessed men, and then Jesus cast those demons into a herd of pigs? 
the people who saw this happen, that they were probably among the crowd of people who were rejoicing at the fact that Jesus was entering into Jerusalem. Remember the man who couldn't speak and Jesus restored his ability to speak? The people who saw that happen were probably among this crowd celebrating as Jesus enters Jerusalem. Remember the people who regained their sight thanks to Jesus? Anybody who saw that happen, they were probably among this crowd. See, this crowd that was celebrating the fact that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem had more than likely already seen Jesus perform miracles. They had heard him tell of the good news. They had seen him bring release to the captives and so much more. The crowd that was standing there wasn't just a bunch of strangers who came out to greet him. This crowd rejoicing, spreading their cloaks and palm branches along this path. This crowd was there because they had seen what Jesus could do. And now they were convinced that Jesus had finally arrived to Jerusalem to finally overthrow Rome and restore Israel to its glory days. Finally, after so many struggles, so much turmoil, so many setbacks, things were finally be, uh, would finally going to be the way they were supposed to be all along because Jesus had come to Jerusalem. Now, in the unlikely scenario that there were people in this crowd who had absolutely no idea who this Jesus guy was, Jesus made his way into Jerusalem uh, on a donkey in order to fulfill the scriptures written in the, the, the prophet Zechariah in chapter 9, verse 9. This is what that, that verse says. It says, look, your king is coming to you, humble and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the donkey's offspring. Now, if this sounds familiar, it's because the verse from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 is literally written verbatim in our Matthew scripture. See, you have to understand that memorizing scripture was a basic expectation of all Jewish people. And and even if there were Jewish people among the crowd who had never heard a single thing about Jesus, everyone there would see the event that was unfolding and would have immediately made the connection to what the prophet Zechariah had said. Even if they knew nothing about Jesus, this Jesus that everyone was excited about is riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. So surely this has to be the prophet that, that Zechariah told them to expect. Now, let's just say that there were still people who had not seen Jesus perform miracles, who knew nothing about scripture, didn't know anything about the prophet Zechariah. At the very least, these people were going to get excited simply by the sheer excitement of those around them who were excited. So when I was in middle school and I started listening to Christian music, our youth director planned an overnight trip to Santa Fe, New Mexico for a festival called Festival con Dios, also Festival with God. There were a lot of bands there performing that I had heard before at the time. Bands like Audio Adrenaline, Toby Mac, Pillar, Jeremy Camp. Uh, Maybe you recognize some of these. These were some big names in Christian music at the time. So I was really excited listening to these people lead worship. And then towards the end of the day, this band came up on stage that I had never heard of before. It was a band named Mercy Me. Have you heard of them? Well, they're playing some of their songs, and because I didn't know any of their songs, I mean, they had literally just started coming on uh, into the, the, like, people started, barely started knowing about them. I started to lose interest as they were playing their songs. And since they were pretty new, the other guys in our youth group, they were also starting to lose interest. And then, suddenly, the piano started to play. Every single person at that outdoor festival went crazy. Three notes. That's all it took. And suddenly, everyone started paying attention to the music once again. Now, I had no idea who this band was or what song they were playing. But since everyone else was excited and tuned in, can you guess what I did? 
I tuned in and I got excited myself and I started uh, lip singing a song that I didn't even know the lyrics to, right? And, and, and I just, I got really excited for, for a band and a song that I, that I didn't even know a couple of seconds before. See, even in the rare possibility that there was someone among the crowd that had absolutely no idea who Jesus was, who had never seen him perform miracles, and even in the rare possibility that there was someone in the crowd who had never heard the scriptures of of Zechariah before, they knew there was something special about this guy making his way into Jerusalem on a donkey who is uh, traveling on top of the clothes and palm branches that people have laid before him. And as I think about this crowd and the people who were in it and the excitement and the assumptions that were being made about what Jesus was supposed to come and do, I can't help but wonder if in his heart, Jesus was saying to them, ready or not, here I come. You see, from the very beginning, Jesus made it very clear to people that he was there to do something special. And this thing that he was about to do, it was going to be bigger and greater than what they even had in mind. They couldn't even imagine how big this was going to be, what what Jesus was about to do. And the sad part is that Jesus actually told them all along what he was there to do. He was there to bring about the kingdom of God for all people. But they just couldn't imagine or fathom something bigger or greater than Israel being restored and Rome being overthrown, right? The the clues were there all along, but they couldn't even see it because all they wanted was for their kingdom to be restored. But see, throughout the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus makes it very clear that he had come to get rid of people's diseases and sickness. He had come to restore sight to the blind. He had come to bring good news to the poor. He had come to bring release to the captives. He had come to bring people a glimpse of heaven on earth. Day after day, month after month, year after year, Jesus proclaims that God's kingdom is about to be established on earth as it is in heaven. And in that kingdom, the last will be first, the lost will be found, the lowly will be raised, those weeping will rejoice, and so much more. And yet, despite the many miracles, the many teachings, the many signs and wonders pointing towards this reality, towards this future reality, towards heaven on earth, the people in this crowd could not fully grasp what Jesus was there to do. Friends, I hate to break it to you, but whether we are ready or not, the kingdom of God is coming. Whether we are ready or not, heaven will be established here on earth as it is in heaven. Whether we are ready or not, the last will be first, the least will be exalted, the hungry fed, diseases cured, who will be established, and the world will be as God intended it to be. You know, that crowd, I don't think they were ready. That's why by the end of the week, they turned on Jesus. They weren't ready for what was to come. And, and because they weren't ready, they, they just, they turned on Jesus and they were mad that, they, that Jesus wasn't there to do what they wanted him to do. And, and I think we have to ask ourselves, are we ready? Are we ready to make room for a world that better reflects heaven here on earth? Are we ready for the sacrifices that it will require from us? Are we ready for the commitment it will take? Are we ready to allow our hearts to break for the things that God breaks heart? Are we ready for these things? Or like the crowd, are we going to say, no, that's not what I want. That's not what the world needs. I'm out. Friends, I pray that our answer may be yes. We're ready. Whatever it takes, whatever is needed. I pray that we may be ready for Jesus to make his triumphant entry and establish God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Are you ready? Because if so, let's get to work.
Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mid-City Church Sermoncast. If you'd like to dive deeper, visit midcity.church slash sermoncast to find a home sheet that goes along with this message. On the home sheet, you'll find scriptures, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge that goes along with this sermoncast. I want to invite you to support our ministry here at Mid-City Church by giving today. To give, text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662. Thanks and see you next week.